Is this, do I, you know, I, I don't want this thing on, but anyway, Clayton's the boss. Welcome, guys. It's um, great to see a small number here today because I'm glad that it's only just you guys because um, I, I, I got baptised um, when I was 18 at the end of my first year at Avondale College. And um, if any of you remember Avondale College, in front of the auditorium there, there used to be this old font there. Um, it's no longer there, but I got baptised there at the end of my first year of college, 18. And I was so fired up for God that I went back to my home church in, in Fremantle, Western Australia. And I said, I want to preach a sermon. And um, so my very first sermon at the age of 18, um, my family's there. My father was up on the pulpit because back in the day, the elders used to sit up the front of the church. And, um, and I was so nervous, a bit like I am today. And, and there was this speck of paint on the pulpit. And the entire time, I was reading my sermon and I was just picking at this speck of paint that was on the pulpit. And my brother said to me afterwards, what on earth were you doing? Um, it took me 20 years to preach my second sermon and this is only about my fourth. So um, uh, even though I'm a teacher, this is uh, unfamiliar territory. But um, it's great that, um, that you are here today. Today, um, I just really want to share a little bit of, I guess, of my testimony. I want to share some reflections um, about my dad. And hopefully you'll leave here. Thank you for your prayer, Cameron. And doesn't Hannah have an amazing voice? Man, I, I can't sing for nuts. I just sit there and take it all in. But, but I hope my um, simple message uh, connects you closer to God. Um, I need, I need these these days. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about my dad. This is my dad. Um, on the left, obviously, is an older man, and on the right, um, when he was 20 years old. Both of my parents uh, come from uh, Seychelles. Um, now, I'm wondering whether there anybody here actually knows where Seychelles is. Anybody want to hazard a guess? where Seychelles is. Cameron. North east of Africa. You are, see, you are, you're a legend, right? Um, my parents come from a, that tiny little island um, in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And in 1962, um, mum and dad came to Australia and settled in Perth, Western Australia, and where both um, my brothers and I were born. Seychelles really is um, a piece of paradise. It's 92 islands. Um, the main island is called Mae. Um, but then just four kilometres off um, the main island is Surf Island. Um, and Surf Island is uh, this island here, which is sort of here. Um, and the Calais family, my sort of family, um, that's where my heritage is from. Um, the Calais still own... Can I take this thing off? No? Um, <laughs> on Surf Island, there's no, no cars, there's no shops, there's um, nothing, just beautiful paradise, a few houses, and, and at one point in time, the Calais family, my ancestors, owned 
all of Surf Island. It's about 1.3 kilometres long and about one kilometre wide, and it really is um, really a piece of paradise. Um, when I was eight years old, my parents took me and my brothers uh, to Seychelles and to our to Surf Island. And this is just a couple of pictures. That's the ancestral home. This is sort of there it is, and that's. Um, little boat that we had and we went out, mangoes, bananas, you name it, was all there. Um, fishing, that's uh, me with my dad pulling in a big fish. My boys, my brothers and I just spent the entire time there just out in a little boat going out fishing. Um, and then this is me here uh, riding a giant tortoise um, because um, most of you probably have a dog. I know you've got a dog that you adore probably not quite as much as your kids, but, um, but it's quite amazing to think that my dad, growing up, owned two tortoises, two giant tortoises. And so we used to, as when we were there as, eight, as an eight-year-old, we would get a shell and scratch in between its shell to tickle it to make it move, or we'd put a banana on, on the end of a pole out in front of its eyes so it would think that it was going... And so we would go for these um, little rides. Um, to go anywhere, you had to get in a boat. And 40 odd years ago, that's the little boat that we had. Look at that old outboard motor. Um, and we were there uh, at Christmas time. And one, it was Christmas Eve, and we went to the main island to uh, meet up with some friends and have Christmas Eve there. And on our way back, we were a little bit late coming back, and it was pitch black and we needed to get back to Surf Island, the four kilometre ride back to the surf, to home. But the issue with Surf Island is that it's surrounded by reef and as we were making our way back you literally could not see your hand in front of your face, it was pitch black. You could not see a thing. And so we were in a state of panic, well I was in a state of panic, my mother was in a state of panic, my brothers were in a state of panic, my, but my father was calm and relaxed because my father knew that if he lined up the lighthouse at one end of the main island with the light from the airport at the other end of the island, he knew that if you lined those two lights up, that he would, it would take him safely through a passage through the reef. And sure enough, without being able to see a thing, we suddenly heard the waves on either side of us breaking and my father took us straight through um, the middle of the reef and safely home. He didn't panic because he knew the lighthouse. He, was, he had direction from the lighthouse. He had assurance in the lighthouse. It was dependable and it was constant. And my dad respected the lighthouse. Sometimes we look to people to be a lighthouse. And this is one fellow that for many people, was a lighthouse. Tiger Woods. He was the world's number one golfer. He won the US Masters at the age of 21. He was the youngest man and the first African-American to earn the title. He has won 14 majors, 79 tour events, the second highest of all time. He was reportedly, or is reportedly, the first sports person to be a billionaire. If you saw his wife, she is a stunning woman a Swedish model, and yet in 2009, his squeaky clean image 
came crashing down because he was cheating on his wife. And then a whole pile of other women came in out of the closet and declared that he was having an affair with him as well. This man had it all. We admired his talent, his determination, his professionalism, his wealth, and yet he lost it all. We lost trust in him because behind closed doors, he was not the man that we thought he was. Then take this man. This man was, or should I say, oh, yeah, was a professional cyclist. At the age of 16, Lance Armstrong became a professional triathlete. From 1999 to 2005, you all know his story, he won seven consecutive Tour de France titles, inspiring millions because he did it after surviving cancer. They even ripped out one of his testicles um, and he still, can I say that? Don't record that bit. <laughs> Cut, edit that bit out. Um, but they stripped him of his <laughs> title. Um, I'm never preaching again. Um, <laughs> they stripped him of his titles and all of his other honours because obviously he was using in, in performance-enhancing drugs, which for a long time he denied. But finally, he, it all came out. And even if you're not a sporting person, I think everybody knows Lance Armstrong. Millions of people around the world admired him, respected him, they looked up to him for guidance and leadership. And now his name is synonymous with shame, dis mistrust, and lies. And then there's this guy. This guy, for 28 years, dedicated him has dedicated himself to Adventist <coughs> education. He wanted to be a lighthouse. He became a teacher, I became a teacher, because of the love that my teachers gave me. Teachers like you guys now know Mr. Wareham, Mr. Wareham Senior. Mr. Wareham Senior taught me. And that man just inspired me, loved me beyond measure. Um, and I stand here today as a result of the teachers that were in my life, and particularly Mr. Wareham. I was just a hoodlum at school and yet he saw something in me and he nurtured me and he loved me and I stand here as a product of that man and it was been a blessing for me that years later I had the opportunity to teach his children and now his children as in Mr. Wareham Jr. is are teaching my children it's just a, a, a beautiful beautiful story but then four years ago my world got turned upside down. And I remember in the quietness of being alone, I thought to myself, what do my ex-students and students think of me now? And I felt that I'd let them down. And I came to appreciate that there's only one true light and that you can see that true light when you're in darkness. We often don't look to the lighthouse when it's sunny, but the lighthouse shines really brightly in darkness. There are many wonderful people in this world, people that will love you, inspire you, protect you, teach you, challenge you, guide you, and I hope that you go on to do those things for other people because this world needs people of character to be lighthouses in this world, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
But at the end of the day, they're just people, sinners. And sometimes they're going to let you down. But you know what? I could talk to you for hours about how God has blessed me in the last four years. I can stand here today and say that God has never, ever let me down in the last four years. I could tell you how the way that God has blessed me in giving me the job that I currently have. My job didn't exist. My current job did not exist four years ago. But it came at exactly the right time. And God blessed me with being able to take up the position. I can tell you, in my last six months at North Pine, every single day, the canteen ladies put lunch on my desk and never, ever expected me to pay for it. I can tell you that four or five times in my office where Mr. Tams is now, I came in the morning and my office floor was covered in groceries, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars worth of groceries on four or five occasions where I don't even know where it came from, but people were the hands and feet of Jesus and God blessed me through the friends that I've got and the people that I don't even know and blessed me with that food. And I'm blessed today that I'm happier than ever. And um, I'm so blessed. There'll be many challenges and distractions that put you in darkness. But my prayer is that you keep looking to the true light to give you direction. There is only one true and constant lighthouse, and that's Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'll keep your eyes fixed on him. Because I can promise you that God will always provide a way through in the darkness. Just like my dad, he could not see the hand in front of his face. And with those waves crashing on either side of him, he put us right through the middle. And he, he doesn't promise that there won't be dark times, but he'll see you through them. Let me get back to my dad. This is the view of out the front of my house on Surf Island. My dad was always immensely proud of his heritage. Um, he grew up on Surf Island. He was actually born in, the, in that house on Surf Island. Um, because there was no school on Surf Island, he would have to, back in the day when he was a young man, there were no motors back in that day, he had to sail the four kilometres in his sailboat to go to school and come back. To go to church, sailboat to the main island and come back. Um, boats were in his blood and he became a master craftsman, a boat builder and spent his whole life building boats. As a young man, that's my father there looking, look at that stupid hat, but anyway, that's, that's him. Uh, he built this boat. Um, my, my family are sort of the first Adventist converts in Seychelles. Uh, missionaries came there and, and my grandfather became an Adventist and as a result my father became an Adventist and then as a 20 year old my, my father built this mission boat and used to sail the missionaries between Seychelles and Madagascar um, he's built everything from canoes to multi-million dollar boats and then in August of 2013 he went back to Seychelles um, and transferred the ownership of his property to us three boys. 
um, when you see that picture, um, I'm so blessed. He transferred that property to us for one rupee, which is 10 cents. Um, the amazing gift that my father has passed on to us um, is incredible. And I don't say that to brag, I say that because hopefully you'll see this story by the end. So my dad went back to Seychelles in that August and then uh, we've been talking about, because we hadn't been back to Seychelles for 40 years, and for years we've been talking about, let's all go back, let's have a family reunion, let's try and get the family together. Because I was in Melbourne at the... At, um, I was here in Brisbane at the time. My brother lives in Singapore. My brother's a farmer in Western Australia. We sort of aren't close together. Um, but we said, let's try and get a family. And somehow all the stars aligned and we were able to make it there in the Christmas of 2013, 2014. And my brother went back, and my dad went back just a few weeks earlier to prepare the place. And I just want to show you just this... Um, little highlight. This is, this is Surf Island looking from the main island. Um, so this is the main island here, and this is Surf Island here. And right on the top of Surf Island, right on the very top just there is a cemetery where all of my ancestors are buried, my, my um, grandfather, my great-grandfather, all of my ancestors um, are buried there. We had, it, it really is just a beautiful place and just a couple of little um, pictures of just... Um, the kid. This is a picture that my brother took. He literally just put the camera. We're in the side of in the boat. He put just the camera in the water from the side of the boat and and uh, took this um, photo. Um, these are more than a hundred years old. Um, these are my pets, and um, and I know that they're m mine because my father drilled uh, two holes. You can imagine this with an auger there. Uh, drilled two holes in there and there and, and at the back of this one. Um, and they just walk around. They just, um, they're more than 100 uh, years old. 
Um, I mean, I weigh I'm a bit fat out there, but um, my brother, my brother is about a good over 100 kilos. Wouldn't even know that you're on its back. Um, uh, this is So, um, very, 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 very blessed. Um, <clears throat> but this was the last photo um, and the last time that I saw my dad. Um, because on April 3 last year, my dad went to bed happy and healthy um, and he just simply didn't wake up the next morning. And as I reflect on that, um, I thought, how blessed, number one, that we'd had that opportunity to go back to Seychelles just three months, four months earlier. Um, and then just what a beautiful way that he did um, pass away. Again, um, I just feel so very blessed for the time that I had with him. But my dad had some strange uh, traits. The first trait that he had was that while he was driving a car, he was, my, dad was pretty, my dad was pretty efficient sort of bloke. Um, he didn't like to muck around, he was just straight to it. So when he used to drive a car, and he always had a manual, um, he didn't think that second, third, and fourth gear was important. He would just take off in first and then chuck it straight into fifth, and the whole car would sort of go and sort of till it got the revs up. And but to him, that was you know that was uh, that was good, right? That was good. That was the way my father uh, drove his car. The second thing that he'd do is that. He used to have this friend back in Seychelles, and remember, his, this is in Perth, okay? He would just wind down his window in Perth, in the streets of Perth, and just yell out, Ansi! Which is the name of someone, of his friend back in Seychelles, right? Someone that I've never met, but he'd just wind down the window, just a little yell out the window, and um, to say hello. The third uh, trait that my father had is... Um, well, can anybody see anything strange about this picture? Um, okay, let me just point it out to you. Um, this here, I don't know whether you can you see that? All right? That's not hair on his head. Okay? Uh, that, that, that's hair hanging off the edge of his ears. All right? And kids in church would used to take great delight, in fact it was prime position, to sit behind my father in church and have a piece of paper and draw the profile of my father with these ears and just these big cauliflower ears hanging off. You know, if you're sitting behind my dad in church, you weren't bored in church at all. Um, people, we would go out to dinner in a restaurant and, you'd, and you could hear the people laughing and snickering, pointing, going, look at that freak, all right? look at that man. And, but to my father, oh man, this, this made him Samson. To me, to him, this was his manliness. All right? My father would never shave his ears, never. All right? uh, to him, it was his sign of virility. It was, you know, it was his real, uh, like I said, Samson uh, moment. It gave him his identity. It gave him his strength. And if you spend a lot of time with someone, you tend to pick up on their traits. And the reality is, I'm just like my father. Um, I often change gears from first to fifth just to be like my father. I often wind down the window of the car and yell out to Unsee and I don't even know the person. <laughs> and 
Unfortunately, I inherited the trait of that, and, um, but I have the good sense to start shaving here and end up around there and try and hide it. But if you put genetics aside, why am I just like my father? Why do I have so many characteristics of my father? The reality is it's because I've spent time with my father. I know that my father loved me and I actually want to be like him. Every time my father called up before he passed away, he would say the same thing. He would say this, tell Monique and Ryan that I love them. I think of you all and pray for you every day. I love you. And he would hang up the phone. And the reality is one day the God of the universe, our heavenly father, who wants you to be with him, who loves you and who wants the very best for you, is coming home to take you home with him. Just like my father did in the weeks prior to us going to Seychelles, he went back to the property because no one lives in the house. He went back and prepared the house for his family to come. He cleaned the yard, he tidied the house, he prepared the boat. And your heavenly father is doing exactly the same thing. I love this verse. I'm going away to make ready a place for you. And if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that where I am, you may be too. There's going to be a lot more exciting things to do than riding tortoises. You are going to be living in paradise for eternity, far grander than anything that's in the Seychelles. And while we wait for his return, I just want to... Re challenge you to do two things or a few things firstly to reflect the characteristics of our heavenly father to be kind to be thoughtful to be forgiving to be honest to be gracious to be determined to be diligent to me christianity doesn't have to be difficult and i think we tend in a church situation to try and make it difficult to me that's the essence of christianity to want to try and be like your heavenly father so I challenge you to make God real, to make him practical and meaningful part of your life and not just something that's out here. And even though we're far from perfect, I just really want to challenge you to don't be afraid to be a lighthouse. Because what this world needs more than anything else is for every single one of you to stand up, to be bold, and to allow Christ to shine through you so that you can be a lighthouse to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're an amazing God. You love us and you want the very best for us. And I know that you're coming back to take us to heaven with you one day. May that day be soon. But until that day, I just pray that you will be in each of us, that we will allow your love to shine through each of us so that all the other people around us can see what an amazing God that you are. So please bless us. Give us the courage to do that in this coming week. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. God bless. Happy Sabbath. That was quick, wasn't it? Stop recording now.